Welcome to the Mac Metallic Podcast, where we respect fashion's past, analyze fashion's present, and get excited about fashion's future. I'm Liberty Impop, founder and creative principal of fashion media company Manic Metallic. Several times per week, I'll bring you episodes about exciting things happening in fashion, discussion about current issues facing the industry, and the places and people that have made the fashion industry great. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at the Medical Talent Podcast and at Medical Talent, both linked in our show notes. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Medical Talent Podcast. I'm Liberty, your host. We're continuing today with this different format for the podcast where I strip it of its rigid structure that it had before, and I'll say that I've actually been really enjoying making episodes in this way. And judging by our numbers on individual episodes, I think that you all have been enjoying these past couple as well. Maybe you'll stick with it. Who knows? But let's get into today's episode. We're discussing sustainability in fashion today. And I'm going to start off the conversation by saying a couple of things. The first thing is this. Climate change is real. Not only is it real... It has been extensively documented by scientists across the world for decades. It just, unfortunately, hasn't been politically or economically convenient enough for the majority of people to care as of yet. It looks like that's changing, but now we've got a different problem on our hands. And that brings me to the second thing that I want to say. The sustainability conversation as it relates to fashion is exhausting to say the least. Well, why is that? Because in our heart of hearts, we already know what we need to do to be as sustainable and environmentally friendly as possible. The solution seems and is so clear. And the fact that we are spending our time having yet more sustainability conferences, yet more sustainability panels, and still more long and drawn out think pieces on the topic that you think that we're all just now discovering that we're going through an environmental crisis on this planet. Allow me to get into this framework that I've mentioned for what many of us already know needs to be done. The fashion industry needs to create less clothing overall, and it needs to be both stylish and affordable. That's it. Anything else is either an academic exercise or an attempt to accommodate the capitalist economic system at the dire expense of the natural environment. Now, a lot of questions could come out of just that simple solution. For example, what constitutes stylish and fashionable clothing? What can be considered affordable? And how do we reform the industry to where everyone starts creating less clothing? We're going to dive into each of those three parts of this simple solution. Creating less clothing overall seems like an almost too good to be true answer. Make less, and you solve a lot of the world's problems. This is truly what needs to be done. Whatever the industry needs to do to make this happen, it just needs to get done. Why does the fashion industry make so much product? Why won't it stop? Fashion is attempting to maximize its profits, of course, just like many other industries out there. Let's look at the practice of Fashion Week. Fashion Week's core shows happen twice a year. 
wants for spring, summer, ready-to-wear collections, and wants for the fall, winter, ready-to-wear collections. On top of that, you've got pre-fall now, which, even though I understand pre-fall's commercial purpose, the concept does not need to exist. You've got resort collections, which more and more brands are hopping on board to do these unnecessary collections, as well as what seems like an endless amount of collaborations with other stores and brands. And who can forget old couture collections, if a brand doesn't, which are usually done twice a year. Is it any surprise that you have mounds and mounds of clothing out there in the middle of deserts that have nowhere to go? If you're curious as to what that looks like, go online and look up the Atacama Desert in Chile for proof. I've also included a link for you down in the show notes to take a look at what's going on there. The country of Ghana and Africa also takes on a significant amount of the fashion industry's unwanted clothing. A link with more info on that is also in the show notes. Really, an entire article is deserved on just the issue of the places in the world that are forced to take on fashion waste. We'll get an article together on that at some point in the near future for the website. Clothing can, and often does, act as a sort of content piece or pieces these days for a public that has an insatiable appetite for more content. The more fashions you create, the more content that you will have to put out online on your social media brand accounts. The more interesting fashion shows that you hold to draw in international press, the more traditional media mentions that you'll get. And where does all of this lead? You guessed it, more money. I'll give you a quick shortcut that'll help you in our curate society that encompasses the Western world. If you want to know the answer to something, anything at all, the primary answer is probably money or some variation of it. Pre-ordering would actually be a great potential answer to this quandary of how to make less while still making a profit. Here's a paragraph from an article that we wrote on fashion going back on its desire to slow down after the height of the pandemic. Here it is, quote unquote. Still, a primary answer to this quandary needs to be to create fewer looks with each collection. Another primary answer needs to be to produce less of each look, perhaps through taking orders of clothing via a pre-ordering system like brands such as Kate are already doing. If pre-ordering as a system were more widespread, then brands would only create that for which there was a demand. It would also force consumers to be more thoughtful about what they purchase, end quote. This article actually does a great job of discussing various problems with the present day iteration of Fashion Week and what we think could be done to solve those issues. There's a link in the show notes for you to click in and read it if you like. This is not to even mention a massive problem that fast fashion has created for both the overall industry and the environment. I know that there's more to discuss in terms of creating less, the irony I know, but we can revisit this section at a later date. It might need a written article. So let's move on then to the need to also make these sustainable clothes stylish. This one is fairly self-explanatory. As people that love fashion, or else we wouldn't be working in the industry, we like to look good. We like to dress up and dress well. We like to dress uniquely. And while there is nothing wrong with that, it can be a double-edged sword. And this desire to dress as uniquely as possible, it creates a system that is always looking for the next big thing, the next big design. Those designs are then created as quickly as possible for a desiring public. But similar to our attention spans, 
many people's patience with their clothing wears thin after a very short amount of time. So what we need then is clothing that will hold the attention of an ever impatient public so that that same public, one, is willing to buy it in the first place because no one that loves fashion is going to buy ugly or boring clothing, and two, is willing to keep it for longer than a week, hopefully much, much longer than that. At the same time, we must give fashion designers the creative freedom to continue in the fashion industry. Most designers are in fashion because they love it, so they must be allowed to design and produce creations on which they are proud to place their name. Otherwise, what motivation would there be to be involved in fashion if not creative freedom? May as well go and do data entry if creativity isn't at the top of the list of priorities. Lastly, the fashion industry needs to make sustainable clothing affordable. Affordability is a primary reason that many people purchase fast fashion. Let's picture that you have two pieces of clothing in front of you. It's the same design. Let's say that it's a black peacoat. One is from a fast fashion company and one is from a luxury label. The design itself seems to be equal between both items, even though we know that this is not actually the case if we're familiar enough with fashion industry practices. But everything seems equal with the design between both items, except for the price. For the average consumer that just wants a jacket, makes a basic middle class or working class salary, and wants the item now, they're going to go for the cheaper fast fashion item. It won't be relevant to that consumer that the item will fall apart after a few wears. Don't just throw it away and get another one. To many of those types of consumers that I just described, Arguments about more sustainable materials, the cost per wear of an item, or even saving the planet will become secondary to the need to survive financially. In their minds, it's not that they don't care about the earth and its survival at all. They believe that they cannot afford to care because they have a limited amount of time and money to go around. They believe that they don't have the time to research alpaca wool or clothing made from fungi. They don't have the money to pay $500 for a jacket, but they do have $45 to $50 to pay. Once again, an answer in our capitalistic system that comes down to money. Whether or not you agree with these consumers about their lack of time and our money is another story. For example, if we're looking at matters of time, I read recently in the Washington Post that Americans spend an average of 80 minutes per day watching TikTok. If you want to lose further faith in humanity, I've included that link in the show notes for you to read. That's over nine hours per week and 36 hours per month of just watching TikTok. In nine hours, you could either read a lot of articles about sustainable fabrics, watch a couple of documentaries about the horrors of fast fashion, learn about fashion designers and brands that carry sustainable designs. The list goes on. In terms of money, that's a tougher issue because so many people actually do have so little of it. Here then, the solution may be to teach consumers ways to maximize their wardrobe with fashionable pieces that emphasize quality of quantity. You really don't need that many pieces in your wardrobe to look good consistently. But that's another subject. Probably another article idea. Wow, I'm getting a lot of article ideas just doing this podcast. Whatever the case, you have a product fashion in this case, and you want a consumer to buy it. As a brand or a designer, you have to meet the consumer where they are. If they believe that they have a lack of time and or money, but you believe that shouldn't be an issue, 
then teach them why the advantages of spending a little more for a quality product is in the planet's best interest. But also you as a designer and fashion as an industry have to bring prices down to motivate consumers to purchase quality clothing. Not to fast fashion price points, but to a reasonable place where people can afford them and both things have to happen. The consumer and the industry are both going to have to work together if sustainable fashion is going to take hold and if we're going to do our part to mitigate climate disaster. Fashion journalists and critics, for our part, can take on a greater role in educating the public on issues surrounding sustainability as well. Journalists and critics need to start doing their jobs more and stop being afraid of not being invited to designers and brands fashion shows or not being able to get interview access to sources. If you're a journalist or critic, your first commitment should be to the truth. And if that means shedding light on what goes on in the shadows of a brand or a designer, in this case, with regards to their sustainability practices, then we must do that. The environment is bigger than any one brand or designer. Again, consumers can't be without blame here. Consumers need to balance their desire of looking good and impressing others with social responsibility. And perhaps that is where a large part of the problem lies. Many societies today, particularly in American society, are filled with individuals that only feel a responsibility to themselves. These individuals go through life with the mindset of, what do I want and how do I get there? What do I feel like doing? What will make me feel validated? Who can help me get to where I want to go or achieve what I want to achieve? What makes me feel good? What is the best decision for me and my loved ones? While there is a necessary level of self-centeredness needed to get through life, for example, how do I best look out for my family or how do I take care of myself? And all of our experiences will be colored through how we personally interact with the world. Where did we get to this point of not caring about our neighbors? Why do we not care more about those in other countries unless it has a perceived benefit to us? Going back to the clothing landfills in the Atacama Desert in Chile and the masses of discarded clothing sent to Ghana, we are using these other countries as waste bins. And the disrespect is beyond deplorable. Because what will many people do? They will see the dire straits in which mass consumerism has landed the world and many of its less wealthy inhabitants, and they will shrug their shoulders. And they will go back to designing unnecessary amounts of clothing that will get worn a couple of times before being added to the clothing mountains in the Southern Hemisphere. They will go back to buying jackets and shirts from fast fashion companies that employ dastardly labor practices and heinous environmental practices because it impresses others. And besides, it's affordable and saves them time. We all need to do better or the planet will continue to become more and more inhospitable for all of us. But hey, at least everyone will look good while it happens. That's going to be it for this episode. Can't wait to see you in episode 36. Thanks for listening. If you got value out of today's episode, it'd mean a lot to me if you rate, review, and subscribe to the Manic Metallic Podcast. Be sure to tell all of your fashion-inclined friends and co-workers about the podcast as well. This would really help us to spread our message about fashion being an art, discipline, and force for societal change. And don't forget to stay in touch with us by subscribing to the Manic Metallic newsletter and following us on Instagram. Feel free to reach out to us through either of those means. I'd love to hear from you. 
I'll link these all in the show notes. You're the best. See you next episode.